Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the podcast where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this podcast is to be a source of inspirational truth that will awaken a deeper hunger within you for the fire of God to burn brighter and hotter in your life. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering system of the temple, and it also reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that will help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame today. I'm Keith Collins, and I'm your host, and I'm blessed this week to know that you are listening to this program. We pray and we ask the Lord every week to use this program to make a difference in the lives of those that are listening and maybe you're a pastor today maybe you are someone that maybe works a regular job maybe you're a plumber maybe you're a doctor um, maybe you're someone who takes care of children at a daycare you could, you could be a mother maybe you stay at home and you you pour your life into your children which is an amazing calling that um, that mothers have um, Whatever your role is, whatever you're doing in life or in ministry or in business, maybe you're a student and you're in college or maybe even in high school, whatever that role is, my prayer is that these programs encourage you to go deeper in your walk with God, that you have something that you're listening to by way of maintaining the flame each and every week that builds upon your walk with the Lord. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and I believe that our walk with God should reflect an ever-increasing, growing season. In other words, we mature in the Lord, our faith matures, our love matures, our submission and surrender matures, all these things take place in a progressive way. I believe that's the picture of Christianity. Now, along the way, there are challenges, there's trials. The enemy fights us, and we all know that. And if you've served the Lord for any length of time, then you can give a testimony today, I'm sure, of the battles that you've encountered and also the victories that the Lord has given you even in the midst of the battles or at the end of the battles. And we all know that more battles come. It's just part of the faith. Peter said, don't think it's strange. The fiery trials that will come your way, they are part of the Christian walk. And anytime you call God into alliance by way of a relationship with him. The enemy fights and fights and fights. Your flesh will fight. Sometimes even those of your own household will oppose you. We see that in scripture. However, hold on. God is faithful. God is just. God is an ever-present help in the time of need and even in the prison or in the pit as we see in the life of Joseph. God is there and God never leaves us or forsakes us. So my heart today, as really with every week, is that this program, Maintain the Flame, that it is a source of encouragement, it's a source of challenge, 
It's a source maybe of conviction if need be. It's a source of joy and hope that the words that, that are being spoken by what I believe is inspiration of the Lord, um, that they are making a difference in your life. So again, thank you so much for listening today. Now last week, I, I talked about what I called the full cycle of sin. And my, my point was that sin has a cycle. In other words, no one wakes up one day and says, my goal in life is to become an alcoholic, to destroy my liver, and to die of cirrhosis of the liver, right? No one wakes up and says that my goal in life is to start doing drugs today, and my goal is to eventually OD on drugs and, and lose my life or, you know, whatever. No one wakes up one day and, and begins to look at maybe pornography and says that their goal in life is to become a sex addict. However, when we open the door to sin, and we read last week from, from the book of James where it says, and I'll read this again, but each one, or let me start in verse 13, James chapter 1, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So again, we see this progressive cycle, right? Lust or desire, one translation calls it lust. But desire brings forth sin, and sin gives birth or brings forth death. That's the cycle of sin. It's something that that we really can't avoid, and um, many people are in the cycle today. Now, I, I wanted to I wanted to to come back to this subject again because I believe there's more that needs to be said. We live in a time, as I said last week, when we don't really hear a lot about sin anymore. And, and let me just say something: I don't spend my entire ministry preaching about sin, preaching about lust preaching about um, ungodliness and unrighteousness. However, it is a part of the message of the Word of God. And we see Paul, we see Peter, we, we see James, we, we see these, these early church leaders addressing the reality of sin that was not only alive in the culture, but oftentimes would creep into the church. And it would have to be addressed. And the Word of God addresses sin. It has in every generation... Um, it addresses it in this generation, and I believe as ministers of the gospel, as people of Christ, or as followers of Christ, that if we're not willing to deal with the subject of sin, then we, we, we lose a lot of our ability to really preach the cross of Christ, and we even lose the message of, of grace. Grace is not just unmerited favor, even though of course it is that, but grace is also the empowering nature of the Lord that endues us with the ability to live a life of righteousness. It doesn't mean we're not tempted. We're all tempted. The Bible, as I said last week, even says that Jesus was tempted in in ways like we are, in all the ways we are. However, he did not sin, of course. He was sinless, spotless. Therefore, he was the perfect sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist said when he saw him that day. He, he was perfect. However, he was tempted. We are tempted. There, there is no sin in being tempted. Why? Because we're flesh. We have eyes. We have ears. Um, things come into our eye gates. Things come into our ear gates. And we are still flesh. Even though we are born again of the Spirit of God, we are tripartite in being. We're body, soul, and spirit. So therefore, we we still deal with 
our flesh. We still deal with our personality. We still deal with our eyes, again, our, our ears. Th- these things are a part of us. However, when we're born again of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God begins to commune with with um, or the Spirit of man begins to commune with the Spirit of God. We are born again of the Spirit of God, and therefore we begin to live by the Spirit. The Word of God's clear that we are to live by the Spirit and not according to the flesh or according to the fleshly desire. So my point is this, and then I want to go on with some thoughts that I believe you need to hear today. We have grace and empowerment through our relationship with Jesus Christ to live a life of righteousness. It doesn't mean we're not going to stumble one day. It doesn't mean we're not going to say something we shouldn't say maybe to a neighbor, to a friend, to a spouse. Um, but it means that we don't have a lifestyle of sin, right? We have a lifestyle of righteousness by way of our walk with God, and therefore, as I said last week in Corinthians, Paul talked about the fact that God gives us a way of escape, that whenever we're tempted, that he gives us a way to escape, that we can bear it. How do we escape? We escape through our walk with God. Now, I want to read from Proverbs chapter 7 today. This is, in my opinion, the ultimate picture of the cycle of sin, and it deals with a young man who the Bible says is void of understanding, and he is walking down the way of the house of a prostitute or a harlot, and she entices him, and he's pulled into her bedchamber, and the ultimate um, end of this, or the finality of this, is is death, right? So this is a great picture. It, it's amazing to me how the Word of God speaks into every situation, into every theme. And if there's ever um, a, a passage of Scripture, a narrative of Scripture that deals with the full cycle of sin, I believe this is that that passage. So so listen listen to the Word of the Lord here. And um, let me just read from from verse 1 because I believe it's important to hear it all. So my son, it says, Keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And to insight, you are my relative. Why? Because they will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. Right? At the window of my house, the writer says, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares. At every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him with a brazen face. She said, Today I have fulfilled my vows and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, myrrh alloys and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She, she seduced him, and with her smooth talk, all at once he followed her 
like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her paths or to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Wow, what a picture of how sin maturates or how sin mature the 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 maturing cycle of sin again the the initial enticement the initial temptation then leads to the sinful activity and after the sinful activity then we see the imminent death that takes place as a result of sin. You know, I've, I've read this, this passage of Scripture, Proverbs 7, many times. Matter of fact, I read Proverbs pretty much every day. I read a proverb, and um, many times I've read this. I've, I've taught on Psalms and Proverbs in a collegiate-type setting, and this one always just stands out to me. And when I, when I see the, the wisdom that comes from this Proverbs, it just kind of stands off the pages to me, and it's an amazing picture of what happens in the life of an individual who is giving into seduction, who has allowed themselves to be given over to seduction, to lust, to perversion, to um, sexual experimentation. And even though the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, we know it says that, the reality is that Every single time, sin ends in pain and eventually ends in death, spiritual death, but sometimes even physical death. I told you last week that I know people that I I was around as a child, as a teenager, that are now no longer on this earth. Why? Because they lost their lives because of their continual addiction and their continual pattern of sin, and it destroyed their lives. People in my own family, even today, are being destroyed because of sin. Their, their lives are, are being taken away. They are estranged from their children, from their, their parents, from any normalcy of life. They're not even able to, to live and to function in society. Why? Because lust brought forth sin, and now sin is bringing forth death. Now, listen, my friend. The devil is, I'm going to say this because it's so true, the devil's a homicidal maniac, and he is out to destroy your life. He, his aim, as the Bible is clearly, or clearly states, is to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his goal. That is his ambition. He's, he's as I said last week, like a spider in a web. And, and that spider, when the, the prey gets in the web, he goes and he injects that poison that brings a numbing, usually a, a paralyzing um, dynamic to that, that prey. And then eventually that prey dies and that spider goes and eats of that other animal or that other bug so to speak and that that that's like sin sin sin's like a cancer that literally eats away its victims unless dealt with effectively it's it's like quicksand where if you get in quicksand eventually it completely takes over your whole body and and sadly many people live 
with the mindset that they are invincible. I remember being a teenager, partying and doing drugs and experimenting with things and just thinking, man, this is um, something I can handle. I'm young and I'm strong and so forth and so on. But sadly, there there are many young people right now, even with this um, fentanyl pandemic that is destroying lives. I know my, my daughters who are in their 30s now um, had a friend when we lived in Pensacola many years ago that recently, like a year and a half ago or so, had begun to kind of mess with drugs a little bit again and somehow got a hold of some fentanyl and just thought that she was taking some type of an opioid but went into her room and this fentanyl killed her and and took her life away and what a horrible picture what a what a horrible um, testimony but but friend that's that's the reality that's what sin does when I look at this fentanyl pandemic it's a picture of how sin is out to destroy our young people, how it's out to destroy a generation. And and the fact of the matter is, according to scriptures, we serve one or two masters. We serve the Lord, the creator of the universe, Jesus Christ, or we serve the enemy. And a lot of people will say, well, man, they're in control of their own destiny. No, you're not. Now, you might have success in the natural. You might be able to party hardy and even, you know, drink and be given over to drugs and still work a job, and people do that. But eventually, eventually life comes to an end, and eventually you have to face the reality of eternity. And my friend, there's there's one or two places we spend eternity in. And again, we don't like talking about sin. We don't like talking about hell. But these realities and these truths keep us um, focused, I believe. They, they, they keep us in a place where we're willing to share the truth. Why? Because truth is love. It is not love to conceal the truth from someone. When I look at Proverbs 7, I, I see this picture of a young man. The Bible calls him, in one translation, uh, a youth who was void of understanding. And, and I see a cycle here in verses 6 through 9 where he sees the writer sees the the young man out at the window of his house, and he saw this this young man, this this youth who, um, one translation said he's void of understanding. Uh, I read in the NIV it said he had no sense. And where was he at? He was near the corner of this prostitute's house, walking along in the direction of where she lived. It was at the end of the day. the The day was fading. Night was setting in. He was allowing himself, number one, to op- to be opened up to temptation and the pull of, of darkness. There are many people that never think they're going to go as far in sin as they, as they go, but somewhere along the way, they're opened up to temptation. Maybe it's a Playboy magazine like it was back in the 80s or 70s, or maybe now it, it's the Internet where there's just such a, a, an easy ability for young people and even older people to get on the Internet and look at pornography. You know, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's just trying a drug because your friends are doing it. But but that, that, that door's opened up, and you experience that temptation, and it's literally like a spell is cast over you. And then in the second cycle we see in this, young man is verses 10 through 18 where he is literally giving into the temptation so it's not just seeing the temptation but now the young man gives himself to the temptation and it it leads to to uh, this spiritual spell that's put over him I, I i remember hearing a story of how eskimos 
were able to get wolves for their hides and, and their, you know, their carcass. And one thing they would do, they would take a knife and they would dip the knife in the blood of another animal and let it freeze and dip it again, let it freeze, dip it again, let it freeze. And it would form like a, uh, a blood popsicle and they would plant the the um the handle of that knife into the ground and and then the the wolves would come and they would lick the blood they would lick the blood and eventually they didn't they didn't realize but the heat of their mouth would melt the blood and their mouth their tongues would literally be licking the blade and their tongues would be slashed and they would begin to bleed and would eventually bleed out and the Eskimos could literally follow the blood trail until they came to the carcass and and that's a picture of sin I mean it's just so good and it's so tempting and it's so enticing but the end result is always death so in verses 10 through 18 we see this progression of sin and it talks about the woman being unruly and defiant she she is on the corner lurking she kisses him she she tells him that she has fulfilled her vow she even sounds spiritual but then she talks about her her bed and how it's it smells like myrrh and alloys and cinnamon and she invites him to come in to her bedchamber and then in verse 19 through 21 we see the next cycle of sin where total deception takes in again the the spell has been cast and and the deception of thinking that there is no consequences or repercussions to sin she says my husband's not even here he's on a long journey he's taking money with him and won't be back until full moon and the young man comes into her bedchamber and has sex with her and with with the thought that there's no repercussion there's no way this is going to be found out for and this is what sin does it makes you think that you can just live the life you're living but there's never going to be any repercussions for that's a lie of the enemy there's always repercussion to sin and again when you engage in it and you live in it the ultimate picture without the power of the blood of jesus and repentance the ultimate picture is death it could be death to your mortal body and your spiritual life or it could be one or the other or even both and it often is both and ultimately it will be both until you come to the saving knowledge of jesus christ and are willing to call upon the lord to be saved and to be set free from the clutches of sin and the clutches of death and so we look at the last cycle of sin again we see the opening up to temptation we see the giving into temptation we see the spell the the deception that that comes by way of sin so so lust brings forth sin and now sin is bringing forth death number four the end result of sin is ultimate death and eternal separation from god and hell it says in verse 21 through 23 with her words her persuasive words she leads the young man astray she seduced him with her smooth talk all at once in other words, the spells cast over him. He's he's in the clutches of sin. I mean, those the claws of iniquity are so deep into his heart that it pulls him, kind of like a bull being pulled by a rope with that has a ring in its nose. That that massive animal can be led astray, led around by a little child when that ring is in his nose. That's a picture of the way sin does someone. He says, "Listen, all at once," the writer says. He follows her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting to a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. In her ways, the last verse in this chapter are, are, are literally 
leading down to the chambers of Sheol or the chambers of, of death, the chambers of hell, like an ox going to the slaughter. Uh, an ox just trods along, put into the, the place where he has no clue, but his life's about to die. Uh, a bird going into a snare. What's a snare? A snare is a baited place where the bird is trapped. Then an arrow pierces the liver and the bird dies. That's the picture of sin, friend. It, it takes you further than you ever thought you would go. It, it leads you into places that you never thought you would go. We, we are seeing a church age right now that opened up to compromise, and compromise has led to sin. And now we don't just tolerate sin. And I'm talking about the church now. In the church, we celebrate sin in much of the church. Not everyone. I understand that there are still people that believe the Bible is still true. And again, I'm not talking about some legalistic rule. I'm talking about living a life worthy of the call of God. I'm talking about our hearts being set upon intimacy with Jesus and not allowing anything to separate us from the love of God. Friend, this is the place that God calls us to be. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as I, I finish in these next few minutes. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because... Of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. My friend, this is the glorious picture of what it means to be set free from sin, that we are made alive in Christ. I, I remember Ryan Herbanke saying this multiple times. He said, we are all guilty before God. And that's just the reality, friend. We are all born, we are all born and shapen in iniquity. We are guilty before God. But God in his mercy, God in his long suffering, God in his love for humanity sent his only begotten son, according to John three sixteen. And whosoever believeth him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. We're guilty before God, but through the shed blood of Jesus, a way was made for our victory over sin. Let me encourage you, if you're in the church and you are living a life of sin, friend, you can be set free today. Don't be deceived by a lot of the modern theology that perverts grace, that perverts the Word of God. We are called to a life of intimacy-based holiness. We are called to a life of righteousness, of godliness. We, we can live in such a way that our lives reflect the glory of God. Let me ask you some questions. I'm closing here. Are you asleep spiritually today in the cycle of sin? Have you just come to the place to where you feel like there's no hope? We, are you willing to risk and gamble your life and its outcome through sin, my friend? Again, maybe you're not even a believer and you're listening to this today. You can get set free by calling out to Jesus today. Listen, will you be deceived into thinking that you will be able to make it through life without, experiences the, without experiencing the consequences of sin? I'm telling you, nobody can do that. There's, there, there, listen, God is not a respecter of person, but neither is sin. Sin will destroy the rich, the poor, 
the beautiful, the not so. It, it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what your name is, how big a, 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 a bank account you have or your family has. Sin is no respecter of persons. And lastly, will you allow the blood of Jesus to break and destroy the cycle of sin in your life and bring you into a spiritual awakening where you are made alive in Christ and you desire what Jesus desires and you love what Jesus loves? Can I tell you that that is Christianity? I, I want to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those listening today that are in the cycle of sin. Set them free, Lord. As they cry out to you, Lord, may they come to the saving and delivering knowledge of Jesus Christ. Set the captives free, Lord. You said whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I just speak freedom into the lives of those that are willing to repent and turn away from sin. Change their lives. Change their lives by your love and by the power of your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame today. You can visit our ministry at keith-collins.org, or you can also find us on the internet at impactgf.org. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your prayers. We appreciate those that stand with us financially that allow us to broadcast this via podcast as well as through shortwave reaching up to 48% of the world's population. We love you. God bless you. And we'll be back next week for it with another episode of Maintain the Flame. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org.